0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. So like we were saying, we are celebrating the Feast of the Annunciation today, um, which falls on the 29th of the Coptic month called Baramhat, which is exactly nine months before uh, the 29th of the Coptic month named Kiah, which kind of falls roughly on january 7th um and so we're kind of exactly kind of nine months away from that and so um Uh, We also commemorate the Feast of the Annunciation and the Feast of the Resurrection and the Feast of the Nativity on the 29th of every Coptic month. So, uh, but this is the actual real feast, not just the commemoration of the feast. And it's a major Lordly Feast and it's the first major Lordly Feast. um, And we're going to talk a little bit about that now. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So, what happens in this feast of the Annunciation. The Feast of the Annunciation is very simple. The Archangel Gabriel visits Saint Mary and he says to her, you know, this orphan girl who got basically taken in by this elderly guy, Joseph, and was betrothed to him so she could live in his house kind of legitimately um, and, uh, and she's minding her own business. Archangel Michael appears and says to her, you are going to become the mother Of the Savior of the world, and she says, "How you know I I don't? I don't know a man." She's saying, "Like I don't, I'm not." And that proves to us that the relationship between Saint Mary and Saint Joseph was really just an official relationship. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't they 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 weren't like uh, they they weren't there was no room wasn't a romantic relationship or anything like that, you know. But it was just really you know, that she was serving in the temple. She kind of came to puberty. She could no longer live in the temple anymore. Uh, And so they had to kind of find, uh, you know, this orphan girl, they had to kind of find something to do with her. So they betrothed her to this elderly guy, righteous, very good man named Joseph. And there's a beautiful story about, about all of that and so on. Anyhow, and then she says, how can that be? The angel says to her that the Holy Spirit will, overshadow her and the Son of the Highest will come and take flesh from within her and so on and from that moment the Lord Jesus Christ is conceived in her womb and the angel says to her because the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And she bows her head and says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And it's a nice, it's a nice little story. It's one of, one of my, my, my daughter's favorite stories since she was like two years old. Uh, and, and that's great. But what, what, is that, what does that have anything to do with you and me? I'll tell you what it has to do with you and me. The readings of the church are organized in such fashion that they can answer a lot of these questions for us and make it very clear to us what why this is a feast and why we as the as a people of god are participating in this part of the life of christ so the first reading was taken from the book of romans where saint paul was basically telling us that all are under sin all the progeny of adam are under sin, every single one of us, right? So he paints a very dark picture, and if, you know, if we if we if we go back and we read just the last part, if we go and we read just the last part um, of what Saint Paul said uh, uh, said to us. He said, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become altogether unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Not one person on the face of the earth was in a position of righteousness, was in a position where they, things were right as they ought to be but all have fallen under sin. Now this is so important because this is the context of the story, this is the setting, this is the world that God chooses to come and to be incarnate in. And then in the second reading, St. John is telling us that which our eyes have seen, which our ears have heard, which our hands have handled, the word of life, which the Father manifested to us, and he says manifested to us a couple of times to really kind of hammer home this, uh, this idea that if you take now the first reading add it to the second reading, that the, the, the whole world is all darkness, right? And then God wants you and me to have a tangible experience of Him. And He wants us to be able to say that which our hands have handled, our eyes have seen, our ears have heard. He wants us not to be talking about some feeling or some thought or some ideology or some philosophy or something which is fun to pontificate over beers. No, He wants He wants... Us to 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 some I met someone. I touched someone, more importantly, someone touched me. And I have a witness of that because it's not something, it's not second-hand information, it's not something somebody told me, and I'm gonna tell you a story that somebody told me, and it was really nice. It was such a nice story, I think it's worth repeating. No. It's someone I touched I, he was manifested to us. He, he, that which the world had never seen, could see. St. Saint, Saint John in his gospel in the very beginning says, no one has seen the Father at any time, but the only begotten Son, he has revealed him. And that's what we're celebrating. What we're celebrating today is that the context, darkness, and then God wants to come and to be part of our darkness. Like if I call you up and say, Hey, I'm going to a friend's house tonight. You want to come? And you say, uh, sure. Is it going to be good? And I say, no, it's going to be really lame. And then you say, oh, oh okay. And then I say, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's actually going to be, it's probably going to be terrible. And you're like, oh, why'd you say that? Oh, the, the power's out at their place. You're like, oh, okay, and they have no food, you're like, okay, and um, um, uh, there's, uh, I don't think, I don't know if anybody else is going, and you're like, okay. The the question is, why are you inviting me? Why are you inviting me to spend my Friday night doing nothing good? There's nothing good there. That's what St. Paul was telling us in the first episode. There was nothing good there. But God decides to come and to be part of our world, which has fallen apart and everybody's killing each other and the whole thing is falling to bits. He says, I want to come and I want to be a part of that. Saint Dionysius says, out of God's extreme erotic love for us, he came and he was incarnate. Like his extreme attraction. You know, when a guy likes a girl or a girl likes a guy and they just can't stay away from each other. Forgive me to say they just can't keep their hands off of each other. That's exactly how God felt about us. St. Dionysius is saying he just couldn't stay away from us, he needed to have personal contact with us. Poor Peter sits sits here in the front row and it gets picked on every sermon, right? Needs, need, needed to be touched. He needed to touch us. He needed to have human contact with us being fully human and fully divine after his, his conception or his incarnation. That's what we're celebrating. This is the beginning of the Feast of the Incarnation which changes everything. It changes everything. You know how it changes everything? Let me tell you how it changes everything. Today, while I was going around, the first time I go around with the incense all around the church is called the Pauline Circuit of Incense. Circuit, like running around in a circuit, right? And uh, Pauline, because it's during the reading of the Pauline, and because I'm praying for the congregation and for myself that we would hear a word spoken to us with great power, and that we would be able to understand and be able to live it out and be able to live it out in our lives right and as I go around I go around with incense and because we know we're not like a church of like six million people I can go up to each person with the incense and say the bless blessings and prayers of st. Paul the Apostle be with you the blessings and prayers of st. Paul the Apostle be the blessings and And for the first time in a long time I dawned on me or I remembered that it's as though st. Paul himself is coming and putting his hand on each person you know I ask you a question If I told you next Sunday the Pope was visiting our church, would that be something exciting or not? It would be, right? When the Pope visited our church in 2014, oh my goodness, it was a circus, right? You know, I mean that in a good way. You know, it was, you know, and there was joy, there was joy in the hearts of, 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 of all the people in the church like there hadn't been. You know, now imagine I told you not the Pope St. Paul himself is coming and wants to put his hand on your head and to bless you. We believe this to be a divine reality. But what makes it kind of like a bit anticlimactic is that although, yes, I, like, I come around with the incense and you can see the incense smoke and you can smell the incense and we know that the incense is the prayers of the saints and we're, we're, we're asking for the prayers of St. Paul. So these are the prayers of St. Paul that you see in front of you, that you inhale, that, that enter in through your nostrils, right? And the prayers of St. Paul for you. But come on, Father John, it would be so great to see St. Paul, like the real one, you know? The one that like got beheaded the one that got shipwrecked three times the one that got beaten 39 times with 39 stripes five times the one that was tortured for the gospel and kept a smile on his face and just kept going i would just want to meet him and ask him how did he not give up you know and so on right there's something like left to be desired although the rituals of the church are so beautiful and they represent divine reality they're not symbolic they, they, they are revealing to us an unseen reality and that's beautiful but gosh I wish it was seen no? yeah that's what we're celebrating today that the word became flesh and was seen and was touched and not you know you know in in candy land you know not in paradise he came he came to the deepest darkest pit in the universe called humanity that is what we're celebrating in the eastern orthodox church there's a there's this practice Amongst priests, when a priest meets another priest and he greets him, he says, he says to him, Christ is among us. And the priest, the other priest answers him and says, He is and ever will be. We have our own greeting in the Coptic Church, which is beautiful, but has nothing to do with incarnation, so we'll talk about that, right? Sometimes you know. Right? They're saying to each other, you know, Jesus is here right now. Let's keep it kosher. (laughs) Let's keep it clean. (laughs) All right? Or whatever, right? Christ is among us right now. Christ is among us. And the answer is He is and ever will be. He is and ever will be. What joy! How awesome. Let me share with you this. I wasn't planning to share this. That's why I left the, uh, the book on the altar. But let me just share this with you. Let me close. Let me close the sermon with this prayer. This is the prayer of thanksgiving, which the priest says quietly, silently, at the very end of the liturgy of St. Cyril. Not the liturgy that we're going to pray today, but a liturgy that we pray oftentimes during Lent. And other times we can pray it whenever we want to, but we oftentimes pray it... We oftentimes pray it in, in Lent. I pray it on Tuesdays if you want to come. But this prayer is, is often said silently. So the priest is giving communion to everybody. The, the, the choir, the, the, the deacons are, are, are finishing up the, the, last of, the last of the hymn. The priest is washing the vessels and he just takes a deep breath in and he prays. What blessing, what praise, what thanksgiving can we give You, in return, O God, the lover of humankind, for while we were cast into the sentence of death and overwhelmed in the depth of our sins, you have granted us freedom and gave us this immortal heavenly food. And you manifested to us this whole mystery hidden since the ages and the generations so that through the church, your manifold wisdom might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. O God, who manages all our affairs in wisdom and in a manner more than we can comprehend. What is all this compassion? What is the great care of your fatherhood? Or what is this ocean of goodness? Truly, you are he unto whom is due the glory, the greatness, the might, and the authority before all time, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray.